is up everyone and welcome to today's episode of the design tribe i'm so excited you're here today i'm talking to lisa clow um all about uh surtex versus blueprint and which trade show is better for surface pattern designers to go to she gets real honest about which show she's going back to in 2020 so you're going to want to hear all the details i ask amazing questions and she has amazing answers um, and really just tells you all the details you need to know about going to the trade shows. I'm super excited to introduce Lisa. She's an illustrator and surface pattern designer based out of the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. Her aesthetic is fresh with a dreamlike quality and just loads of hand-drawn elements, which I love. She was my neighbor at Blueprint Show in New York. Our booths were right beside each other and I was just so excited to meet her and get to know her. She's an amazing artist and just an amazing person. So you can find Lisa on Instagram at lisaclowstudio or on her website at lisaclow.com. All right, let's dive in. Kind of floundered in college a little bit um, and then took a break just to decide what I wanted to do. Um, and my dad is actually a designer, a graphic designer and illustrator. And um, so I kind of grew up with him in his office in our house. And um, I was just like, well, I think I could do that. I think that's what I should do because um, otherwise I'm going to do nothing. So I went back to school and just got a two-year associate's degree um, and then graduated and worked for a nonprofit. Like, so I did some in-house design with them um, for about five years. I did that plus freelancing um, and then I had a baby. And after that, I was like, I just want to see if I can work for myself if I can do this. So um, I opened a shop and started selling things online and then at like craft fairs and markets. And um, I just, I don't know, it was kind of intuitive. I just dove right in and started doing the craft fair circuit and um, then heard about Surtex. So. Awesome. So what inspired you to attend both Surtex and Blueprint in 2019? Yeah. So um, I didn't, I heard about Surtex um, a couple years before I actually went. So I had cold feet for a long time um, and I didn't know about Blueprint um, until I think until I had already signed up for Surtex and I was doing all this uh, research about it and I read and heard people say like you kind of want to do I don't know make the get the best bang for your buck so you're buying these banners you're buying um, supplies and um, I heard that blueprint was uh, happening in New York City also and um, my husband was like you should just do both you already have everything ready um, and just see how it goes. And I also heard people say, you need you need like three trade shows to kind of get going client-wise. Oh, interesting. I heard that more than once and I, I couldn't tell you who said it, but I just remember reading like, oh, okay, don't expect to get a ton of clients at your first trade show. Um, it'll usually take about three kind of get a groove, you know, feel comfortable and people to get to know you. And so I thought, well, I should, I should do this. I don't know. 
we just dove in. (laughs) Right. Okay, so what can you tell us about art licensing? Um, Like, how did you find out about it? I mean, I know you mentioned um, that your dad kind of being an illustrator and growing up with it. So did you kind of grow up always knowing about it? Because I feel like a lot of artists are very confused about how to get into our industry and, you know, if it's even possible for them and all of that. Yeah, I... I did not know about it. Um, I do remember having a, a conversation with my dad like in, in high school or college. And I was like, I want my stuff in stores. And he was like, I didn't even have stuff for there to be in stores yet. I was just like dreaming. And he was like, oh, you can do it. Everybody can do it. Um, and so he's just like, yeah, try. Um, but years later, I remembered that conversation. And um, anyway, all that to say, I, I don't know. What? Hold on. Sorry, I got sidetracked. What was the exact question again? So, like, what can you tell us about art licensing? Like, how did you kind of find out about it? Because, yeah, I mean, I just, I think a lot of artists are confused what it, it even is or how to get yeah, started in I it. I don't know. I kind of um, got really interested once Instagram came around. People, you were following these illustrators and designers and you're like, oh, I know that person. I saw their stuff in World Market or I saw their stuff in uh, Target. And um, it was kind of an internet rabbit trail for me where I was like, okay, literally Googling like how to get my stuff in stores. Um, I met someone who knew about Surtex and mentioned doing it um and um so then i just googled everything i could about licensing and um licensing basically is a designer selling their artwork for a couple of years at a time or one to three years usually um for a particular type of product so I have a, a zebra that I've drawn with that says happy birthday. Um, this company is like, we want that for paper goods and we want it for two years. And you get a percentage of every wholesale uh, sale that we make. Um, and so it's kind of like, at least for me, it's helpful to think of like a songwriter who has a song on the radio, they get a cut every time that radio is played. Right. Or every time it's bought on iTunes. Um, it's a very small percentage a lot of times, but they still get paid and it adds up um, over time. And then um, the license expires. So after two years, uh, sometimes the company will say, we wanna keep using it, it's going well. Um, can we renew your contract? for two more years or one more year, um, or they'll cancel it and you get your art back um, for that type of product. You still own the copyrights here, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who might not, who might not, yeah, or who might be new to a lot of people. So the cool thing, yeah, I think about art licensing is that you still own your work and you've just sort of leased it to a company for X amount of years 
usually about one or two years. And then like you said, if it's a bestseller, then obviously they would want to keep using that design. And then, you know, you would probably want to keep doing that as well because you're making money from it also. So it's kind of, it's kind of nice. It's kind of like you're eating your own cooking on both sides, the designer making the designs and the manufacturer making good products. So when you kind of pull your, all your forces together and you can get really, yeah. uh, really great. Exactly. So, yeah. So exactly. Okay, cool. Okay. So what's the difference then between art licensing and a buyout? I know when I first signed up for blueprint, I was trying uh, to learn more about this, just like, a you know, dude from just being on me, a manufacturer type. I mm-hmm. worked for several years, but you know, I was still trying to figure out how to get there myself and uh, on my own and I wasn't quite sure you know if I wanted to just do licensing or do a buyout or maybe both because you know it is a big investment so I mean could you just talk a little bit about the licensing I, I guess path and also the buyout path I mean could you just maybe talk about a little bit about the license I guess uh yeah, licensing path I and think, also the um, buyout so just I'll just kind of explain the two first. Um, I guess we said what licensing is, where like, you keep your copyright, you um, get your art back, and you can you can license the same artwork to all sorts of products all at the same time. Um, and then sometimes there's companies that are like, we want to license it. It's an exclusive contract, so we're the only ones that get this artwork for two years. But do you get a higher percentage then? I would think so. I haven't done an exclusive one yet okay me neither. I don't know if I would I don't I don't really know about it I know they exist um <laughs> but um with buyout I think it which is pretty popular now a lot of companies do this um but it's like one fee um for your artwork for um a specific type of category so there's category buyout and there's total buyout and category buyout would mean Oh, we're buying this um, artwork for paper goods or for textiles. Um, and so you could still have someone else buy out for a different category. <laughs> right. So that's a lot to keep track of then, right? If you have, like, if you have your designs and then someone comes to you and says, oh, yeah, like, we want to buy this for kids wear or baby, you know, but then you're like, okay, uh, great, but I can still sell it. Like you said, like to stationery or women's apparel or I don't know, like a different category like home decor, then you have to make sure that, you know, you're keeping track of where all the designs are going. It sounds kind of confusing. I haven't done it yet. I, um, so I don't, I can't say I know a whole lot about it, but with total buyout, it's, you get paid more supposedly, um, and you don't get your artwork back, um, with either out yeah it's gone it's gone forever and I've also heard this is all hearsay um that you you can't create something similar either like it you can't create something that's going to compete with it I guess um and so I don't know that was kind of a new uh, thing I had heard at Blueprint among people, but um, yeah, I guess that would make sense. I'm I'm just speculating here, but it seems like it would make sense that you wouldn't create like another version of the same design. You know, like 
kind of like a, a ripoff or something of your own design, right? Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of a broad term. It's like, all right, you're an artist and this is your style. So like you obviously have to create more work, but. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know how, what that would look like exactly, but. Um... Yeah, I would think if you just went in and like rotated the motifs and like, you know, in, change the scale, that's probably not okay. <laughs> like, it's too similar, right? <laughs> um, but I think just to boil it down, licensing is you get a, you would get um, like probably a number of checks over time. Uh, buyout is just one flat, one flat fee. Um, and I've talked to some people, they asked me at Surtex, do you do buyout? And I didn't have anything prepared that I was ready to just give up forever at that time. And um, a lot of them were kind of pushing me like, oh, you should do buyout. Basically, because it's easier on them. And that makes sense. And that's why companies are doing that. Um, and I think, um, I'm gonna, I'll probably try to come up with some designs that I would be up for that. Um, but right now, a lot of my stuff is so stylized that I, it'd be weird. Yeah, it would, I'd feel like I'd have to say goodbye forever to my really good friend and <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know it's hard. I mean, I guess if you're creating like a massive amount of work, then maybe. You could go through and be like, okay, these are my least favorite, so I'm going to I'm going to put these up for a buyout because I'm okay to say goodbye to them, and I don't feel like I'm you know that I'm missing them uh, or like they're timeless. Uh, and it's something yeah. that's like for me, it's just it feels like a it could be like a trend for this season or for the next couple of seasons, and maybe it's a buyout. But if you feel like it's really extra special, like your style is very special and unique to you. Um, whereas if I did, I mean, I don't know, I could, I could move, uh, I could do a license or a buyout. Like if I did a terrazzo pattern, I could probably do a buyout for those because I don't know, it's not like it's going to be around or timeless or forever. You know, they wouldn't be super unique to me, but, um, uh, both, um, I would definitely struggle when I went to blueprint, like, because I got the same question. Do you do licensing or do you do buyouts? Meanwhile, I'm still learning. So I'm like, ah, I do both, I guess. Uh, yeah, or the way it worked out is that, you know, clients I talk to, uh, but yeah, I can see why a buyout would be easier for them because uh, they can do whatever they want with it and they don't have to worry about checking, you know, because they probably have a huge bank of artwork. And yeah. yeah, it's just hard to keep track of all the little details, but it's also more expensive for them. So like if they have the budget to do that, then it makes sense that they would. Okay, so are you currently working with an agent or are you uh, are you working just, uh, are you like selling yeah. your own designs? I'm not with an agent. Um, I, I think I'm open to it. Um, I love the idea of having someone in my corner like telling me like, okay, this is why is this contract, this is what um, is going on here, or just help along the way. And then, but at the same time for me, my schedule is a, a little crazy right now. And um, I like being able to kind of go at my own pace. I feel like, I, and you can, 
you can tell, you can share in just a second. Um, but I feel like I'm not ready to completely dive into surface design because I also am interested in uh, like children's publishing. So doing illustration for kids' books. Um, and so I'm kind of in both. And I would feel like if I had an agent, I'd be committing more than I'm ready to right now. But anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. So um, I just recently signed with an agent. So I'll tell you guys a little bit about that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of artists are kind of torn between whether they want to work with an agent or not. So I definitely talked to some artists that were already working with this agent and they all had really wonderful things to say. And I think it comes down to just how you want to work. Like, do you want to do the business side and like the selling side of the business? Because when you're doing art licensing, you're kind of in your own little world, right? So stayed the way they were, I could probably do it. But I'm kind of anticipating within the next couple of years that my schedule is going to be like really crazy as well. Uh, like, I don't know, I got married in December and I want to have kids. I mean, I don't know if it'll happen, but I mean, that's what I, I mean, I want to. So just to be able to focus on my art and not have to worry about the selling side um, is just kind of a load off. And now most agents do take about 50%. So you have to factor that in. Uh, and thankfully I'm in a situation where I'm able to do that right now, but uh, yeah, I just, I think it made sense from where I'm at in my life right now and we'll see if I like the way it's working or not. And so it's not like forever and if I'm not loving the way it's working, then, you know, I don't have to renew the contract. And at that point I can tell myself, okay, like you're selling these designs yourself now and you have to um, like really be willing to go after this client and not be afraid to email them over and over again and, you know, just like, you have to hustle and be persistent. And so, I don't know, I don't feel like I'm good at sales or maybe I just don't enjoy sales, which is kind of the nice part about handing that side off to the agent. But I do like going to trade shows, so I'll probably miss that because, you know, I met you and I met so many other great people. And I don't know, it's just nice to meet other artists because most of the time you work at home all by yourself. <laughs> so did you meet, um, have you talked to other people um, or I guess you said you talked to people that are on under this agent already. Did you talk to them before signing with them? Yes, I asked them if I could speak to some other artists and just ask them questions and everything before I signed because I was definitely like, I want to be careful about signing a contract like that, you know, and I wanted to ask a lot of questions and make sure they understood uh, kind of my perspective on things because the agent that I ended up signing with, uh, they do a lot of wall art, which is not necessarily, uh, I'm more of like soft goods and I worked in home decor for a long time. So I wanted to make sure and like really understood that I didn't want to lose that, but they seem to understand that. So we'll see how it goes. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. I hope we get to buy some of your things soon. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Okay, so um, how did you prepare for Surtex and Blueprint? Like were the setups different and like what should artists expect? Um, like in terms of how to set up for the shows? Cause I know uh, sometimes uh, that it can be intimidating when you have like a booth to set up all by yourself. Like I've done it with companies in the past and set up rug showrooms, but you know, it's like I always kind of had a boss telling me what to do or giving some direction at least. So how did you, set up for the shows. 
Yeah, so um, they're very different shows. Um, so Surtext, you kind of, it's like your own office space is what it feels like. Um, hmm. it, that's how I felt. Um, and then at Blueprint, um, it's just a table among other tables um, with two or three banners behind you. Um, and both, they have their different purposes and both are great. Um, atmospheres I felt like um, but I did like the privacy of Surtex where there's like a wall um, I don't know I just liked being able to kind of stylize my style my space um, yeah both had banners like you they had spots for um, your artwork to be printed um, and hung but I will say it was not as intimidating when I got there and was setting up it was both were not as scary as I thought it was going to be. Does that make sense? Because when we got to Surtex, everybody's like, uh, at least in our area, everyone's like, can you help me put this? And can you, do you have any command strips or whatever? It was like, we all had each other's back, even though we didn't know each other. We were kind of in the same boat. Um, but preparing wise, both had, both had banners. Um, Surtex, you have a, you can choose between like a high table um, with high stools, or you can have a lower desk table. Um, and th both of their tables have like shelving underneath um, where you can store stuff. And it's just a bigger space, at least my space was. Um, um, and then with Blueprint, it was just one tabletop, like a six foot table, I think, maybe an eight foot with a black tablecloth. And then you had your space underneath the table to kind of hide things. Um, but I would expect, this is regarding setup, right? Yeah, I would, I don't know. I expected things to tear or to lose something or um, to have more time for both. I, I wanted to give myself extra time to prepare. And honestly, nothing really went crazy other than I had a baby with me um, and they were like, she can't. I was like, oh shoot. Um, and so my husband had to stay in the lobby of the Javits Center while I went up and, and did everything. And then we'd switch and he would go up and kind of tack things in place, but um, it is a little crazy. Um, you had to kind of go find help. Like if you, they had a wall up where I didn't ask for a wall uh, at Surtex, um, which that it's like extra money. And so I was like, I didn't ask for this. Please don't charge me X amount of dollars for this wall. Can you tear it down? But I had to go find a man. I didn't even know who I was looking for. Um, it was just really busy, whereas Blueprint, um, when I came, it was very chill. Yeah, like I was about to say, it sounded, I mean, of course I only went to Blueprint, but I feel like from talking to everyone that Blueprint sounded way more chill than um, Surtex. Surtex kind of sounded a little crazy and maybe busier, and that could be a good thing as well, but kind of more chaotic in terms of the setup and just maybe just a bigger setup and more cumbersome and people probably had way more stuff to bring. And um, I was just like by myself, like I didn't have anyone helping me. So just to set up for Blueprint, I had like this giant body bag. Uh, basically like people were like, uh, who did you murder? <laughs> and yeah, I just had to 
have all of my stuff, my banners, and I didn't even feel like I brought that much compared to some other people who had like these crazy displays and all of this cool stuff. But I feel like setting up for Surtex is maybe a little more intimidating just in my mind. I mean, if I probably did it, I'd probably be like, I did it, it's okay, like, yeah. And it's as um, involved as you want it to be. Like I just brought samples and I had like a little wire basket with some stuff and um, you can do so much with command strips and command hook. But some people you can pay for shelving and you can pay for um, all this stuff. But I really, um, I, I don't think all of that is necessary. Um, it's really cool to look at and show people what you've done um, or what you were wanting to do. But you didn't have that space at Blueprint, so it was kind of nice. Everybody, I felt like we we're all kind of on the same. <laughs> it was kind of more equal, like we're all on the same playing field. Yeah, that's that's nice. But anyway, I don't know. Okay. okay. Well, um, did you present the same collection for both shows or did you make different collections for each? How did that work? Yeah, no, I took the same stuff to both um, because it what I did license from Surtex was non-exclusive anyway. And so I could take it with me and see if there was someone else who wanted it. But I, I did, the only thing I did differently was I, um, since there was less space at Blueprint, I had to choose what banners to bring um, to kind of showcase my work. Whereas I, I took five to Surtex and I had to pick, was it three? Three or two for um, Blueprint. And so I, I guess, featured different things. Um, and so, and I brought different samples. I don't know, I was just like, I just want to test out something different. Um, so I brought different swatches and some different things for my shop. Um, okay, yeah, for me that's interesting. It was interesting to learn that people uh, were, they just kind of showed the same collection and showed, you know, some of the same patterns like year after year. And so like they didn't put the year on the printout because, you know, they didn't want people to know that it was old, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and. Um, coming from the rug side where I used to work or like the manufacturer side, we always presented a lot of newness at market like twice a year. So in my mind, you have to present newness at the show. But I guess like with surface pattern design, you really don't have to because you're able to, you know, license to multiple people and the designs are still available and so on. Yeah. And I think also um, you're seeing so many different people. If I did see some of the same people at Blueprint, some of the same companies, and I talked to some of the same art directors um, that I did at Surtex, and they remembered certain things of mine, um, but they didn't remember all of it, and they didn't think that was weird. They were like, oh, I remember this. I, I really liked, it was some reindeer stuff, or um, I don't know. They, I don't think companies are put out by yeah, that's nice. That helps you feel like so frantic, like going to each show, you have to show newness. That would be impo impossible. I feel like a whole new book of of designs would be, I don't know, super 
Yeah, it's, it's hard when you're doing it all by yourself. Yeah. When when I worked at a company and that's uh, all we did, we but we had a team, so that really <laughs> helped. <laughs> so okay, so getting into the cost, um, how much did Certex cost for you versus Blueprint costs? And I do want to also mention that Lisa didn't have the lemonade stand. We we call it the lemonade stand when one person who's brand new shows in like a tiny booth. And um, I also heard that it wasn't really worth it to do the lemonade stand because buyers just sort of pass you by is that what you experience seeing there yeah um i was in the kind of newbie avenue called the design district um, okay. at certex but i uh the woman who kind of runs the show she was like we're actually out of all <laughs> the lemonade stands like the little i think one banner and then two skinny banners with a tiny little table um She's like, we're out of those spots. And I was like, shoot. Um, she said, we do have a corner booth for like $300 more or something. It was not very much more expensive. And so I got like six by 10 feet to myself, um, but it was still really, it was still in the new space, but it was still really big. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll do that. Um, but I felt like, I don't know. I got to be pretty good friends with the people around me and they had, they also had a lot of conversations. Um, and they, I don't know, um, if they, who got deals or not. Um, but I do know they all got a lot of contacts and we, for the most part, um, all would like to go back again. Um, to Sir Tex. Okay. I don't think they want the little space. There's something really nice about having, um, banners to show your work because if all they see is that one banner you're automatically like pigeonholed into this style or this type of at least I think um, this type of look and so I do think they were written off a little bit more quickly than I was um, which is kind of a bummer because everyone's so talented um, but cost-wise I'm trying to think. The booth itself, um, for me, I think was about, oh, I think it was almost three grand or maybe it was a little under three grand for the booth. Mm -hmm. um, but then I had airfare and I took an Uber from uh, LaGuardia. <laughs> this is a ridiculous amount of money, um, but I had a baby, so it was like crazy. but. Then there's food and hotel, um, but so blueprint cost was I think less than two grand for the booth, um, but hotel prices in May are so much more expensive than in February when Surtex is. And so my, honestly, like it was pretty even um, for me to do both shows. Like they- Oh really? Yeah, I, blueprint was, Maybe because uh, Blueprint, I think the booth was about twelve hundred at least. Okay, yeah, at least yeah, uh, that's what I paid. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was still like way more than that. <laughs> like I think I it ended up being probably around four grand. With I mean I'm just guessing yeah. here like the hotel and the flight and just eating all the food that you have to eat out. Um, I don't know. Yeah, just the uh, like the transportation. Um. I don't know, I'm guessing it's probably a little bit less than that, but. 
So yeah, I think Surtex probably costs a little more about five gram for me, like total. Blueprint was probably more around like four something, but the hotel, I think um, my hotel was just so expensive where I ended up being, um, but yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I heard one artist got an Airbnb, so there's like different options where you can try to save money there. But um, yeah, I do think the booth itself is a lot. Like people are at Blueprint and you know, you're just, you're not getting as much. You're just getting the table and then that's pretty much it. It's just like a table and two chairs. <laughs> and then like you do the rest. And at Surtex, it's more of like an actual booth, right? Yeah. Uh, I, what I didn't know with Surtex was, I was going to mention this, was they have webinars so they have like a Q&A with um, someone who knows about licensing and they had a setup uh, webinar where you learn about setting up and all these tips. And then you get free, 25 free contacts. So they give you everyone who signed up to come to Surtex and you, get, you basically get 25 emails um, where you don't know what the actual email address is, but you can contact them. And I had, um, I don't know, probably 10 companies come by that I met. Um, um, and so it was, yeah, some of them were really cool. Um, so that was one thing that, yeah, Surtex is more, but there is a lot of, they help you a lot. Um, okay. Whereas Blueprint, um, they didn't have a lot ahead of time that I felt prepared. I didn't feel as prepared for Blueprint. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. They had the Facebook group where people could ask questions, but kind of just relying on a lot of other designers who had been in the past. Um, and they did not give you emails ahead of time, so you couldn't really set up meetings, which would have been really nice um, because you're like, all right, I'm making this much investment to go to the show and it's my first time. And I want to make sure like somebody comes by my booth, um, you know, because and not just like cold traffic. But yeah, they don't give you that. But they do give you all the emails of everyone who attended the show after it's over. Okay, so, you know. Okay, so then do you feel like the cost was worth the investment then for both shows? Um, I do. That's kind of, it just depends on what, what, uh, is the type of value you're gonna put on it. So um, what's gonna make it worth it for you? Like is leaving with a, a licensing contract, is that what's gonna make it worth it? Um, then Blueprint, I didn't, I didn't leave with any contracts from there, but I still felt like it was worth it for me. I learned so much, I met so many people. Um, I, have, I have contacts from both where I'm still emailing um, they could they could turn into something, um, but I'm building relationships and so trying to give it time um, and keep my foot in their door. Um, so I don't I feel like it was, but everybody's different um, on what they're hoping to get out from it. Yeah, I think that was my biggest hesitation for so long, you know, before finally making the decision to go to a trade show because it was just a lot of money up front and you don't really know if you're going to get it back. But you also have to think, like, really want to 
what I want to do with my career, like like long term. Yeah. So when you think about that, it's almost like, yeah, I don't know, investing in a college course or like a major. I don't know. It's like you have to do it if you really want to do this full time. Now, if you work with an agent, of course, you don't have to go to trade shows and you don't have to make that investment because they represent you at the show. But then you're you're grouped in with all the other artists they're representing. So they're not necessarily seeing the, you know, buyers aren't necessarily seeing you and your brand as much as they would if they were walking the show and you had a booth to yourself. So there's definitely pros and cons of both. But I'm kind of glad I did go to the trade show on that point first, but uh, kind of before deciding to go with an agent. And I do think I'll miss like interacting with art other artists, you know, but buyers uh, getting to see my face as well and uh, kind of getting to meet me face to face. So yeah. And now I won't have to make that investment anymore for the next two years. Yeah. But you know, it's not bad. So I mean, maybe once the ball gets rolling more and I have more contracts, then I won't really know if, uh, or if I'll, I'll know at that time if it was worth the investment. So I've talked with some other artists though who have been doing this a while and they said it was worth it every year and um and like they wouldn't keep going if it wasn't so I do think it's kind of the snowball effect like you said you have to go to three shows before you really know if you've met the right clients and gotten the ball rolling um yeah and, it, and it's tough it's what's really hard is it's for yeah or it's really hard for people to get into this business for that reason mm -hmm. okay um okay so the next question was did you walk away with any licensing deals? Which I think you just said no, that you didn't um, from Blueprint, but you did from Surtex, right? I did, and I, you know, my dream was to walk away with one, <laughs> I but I didn't even, exp I was like, uh, I don't know, there's so many people there. Um, but I did, I, I met a manufacturer who, um, they have stuff, products all over, the country in boutiques and um, retail and department stores and so they made um, they they got two officially two collections and then there's some other ones that they're kind of thinking about still and looking at um, but um, yeah so hopefully I think in this they're available now like buyers they're taking my stuff to trade shows right now um, and the products are already made um, but I think they'll be in stores in the spring. Oh, that's so exciting. Congrats. I'm sure you can't wait to see them in stores. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm wondering what stores they're going to be in because I don't know who's going to buy from them. So, mm -hmm. the, um, but then there's another fabric company that I met um, and I have a couple collections coming out with them um, online, hopefully in the next few weeks. Awesome! I I got a yeah I got a contract with the fabric company as well, so I'm working on Christmas designs for them. And Yay. um yeah, I'm like so not in the mood to draw Christmas right now though. <laughs> but they want me to add to the collection, so I'm like ah, it's still hot outside. Oh my gosh! Why? <laughs> I've been doing Christmas for the last few months for some other clients, um, and. I like, I have to watch Christmas movies and listen to Christmas music to kind of get in the zone. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I think I'm done. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I'm, it's like, I'm not the most festive person with Christmas anyway. Uh, like I can get in the spirit when it's like cold and it's actually like Christmas day. But other than that, I'm like, oh God. It's hilarious. Okay. Okay, so do you plan on going back to Surtex and or Blueprint in 2020? And are you like, are you going to go back to both shows? Yeah, I think um, right now, 
I think I, I am going to do Surtex. Um, I don't think I'm going to do Blueprint, um, but okay. I think I'm just going to go all in with Surtex and kind of um, try it again. I might even get the same booth, which is crazy because it's, oh, cool. it's in the design district, kind of the newbie section, but <laughs> there it was on the corner. I don't know. I'm, I'm picking out my space right now. Um, and talking with them about where to go um, on the map, I guess. But okay. yeah, that's the plan. Okay, so will you attend any other shows besides Surtex and Blueprint? Like I think I've heard of um, Print Source and there's some other ones. I um, I don't have any plans to. Um, okay. I've looked at, I did look at Print Source. Um, it's quite expensive as well. I looked at it yeah. too and I was like, ooh, ouch. Yeah. And I I don't know. I, I kind of want to get in the groove with this one and do it really well. Um, and then I'm, I have some other conferences I might go to for like illustration stuff. Um, okay. And that, so that kind of money is going to be spent there um, instead of trade shows um, for 2020. But Okay, cool. Yeah. What about you? Would you... Oh no, well, you you have an agent. Well, I have an agent, so I won't have to, but um, if I did not sign with an agent, what I actually talked about was sharing a booth at Surtex with another artist, um, and she's one of my friends. So that's another thing you can do uh, with the process is just really something that you, if it's something that you can't swing, and um, you try to find another artist who would also like to, you know, wanna be wanting to to share a booth. I mean, we've seen people like up to, I think four people share um, at Blueprint and they kind of had like a collective going. Do you think that you would kind of get lost in that? Cause I don't know if I'd want to share with more than like one other person, but again, it really just kind of depends on, you know, I guess what you want to do. Um, but yeah, I think if I didn't have an agent, I would plan on going to Surtex and just try that one out. Just yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could swing the cost of both shows in one year. And it takes a while, especially with licensing, to see if you've kind of earned your income back. So I don't know. I think I would need to get back to that level and kind of get a real salary going again before I could uh, think about starting to go to multiple trade shows in one year. But yeah, I think um, I think I would want to try Surtex because it sounds like it's one of the best ones. And Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Okay, so um, if you're not going to work with an agent, do you think it's necessary to attend trade shows or could someone get into art licensing maybe without attending trade shows? What do you yeah, think? I, I've met people who um, have had some big clients that they landed through Instagram. Um, Interesting. Where they're, and, and what's funny is like the one girl that I met, she doesn't have like a a hundred thousand followers or anything. Um, she just has a really unique uh, point of view and aesthetic, and so. Um, but then she she did end up doing Surtex, and so um, later, but she didn't meet those clients at Surtex. But so I think you can. I think uh, you can find out who the art director is of certain companies that you like, and um, I would always kind of look at the back of stuff at Target, like who manufactures this? <laughs> yeah. Look around. Um, so I think you can go that route. I personally am, um, I don't know. I just could not think of a way to meet that many companies um, 
any other way. And so I feel like that it was necessary for me. Um, but yeah, I think there's something to be said, I think for meeting buyers face to face and they kind of remember you, even if it's just a little inkling because they are taking in a lot of the show. So it's hard to remember everything and everyone and all of the art you see, of course. But um, I mean, it does save a lot of time, I think, because otherwise if you tried to reach out, you know, by email to all the people that came by your booth, I mean, how long would that take? So it's, I mean, you're gonna get a lot of rejection because a lot of people just walk by your booth and that's okay. I mean, it's almost easier to just let someone walk by your booth than to be like, uh, no one's responding to me or my email. Like, do I just kind of suck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's, it's a good way to kind of get the most bang for your buck. And it's possible, I think, to do it without going to trade shows. And a lot of people are looking on Instagram now, but it's also hard to be, to try to be seen on Instagram as well. So that can go either way. Yeah, I agree. I, I was going to say, I, oh, like with, sorry, with, Certex, um, people know what they're looking for. And so when they see your booth um, and they you've highlighted kids in home and they're in kids in home, um, they're gonna stop. Whereas most of the time people don't, they don't have time to go through the internet and look for new artists um, right. on Instagram. I think they, I've heard they spend a little bit of time doing that, but most of the time companies that I met, they said, we do Surtex every year and that's when we look for new designers. And so, I don't know. I just felt like, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that going into it. And, or they're looking for other departments in their, um, in their company too. So I met one really cool company and their children's department wasn't there, but she was like, oh, here's my card, contact me and I'll hook you up with them. And so, I don't know. There's just so many neat opportunities if you weren't there physically. Um, so. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, I, for everyone who's watching on Facebook Live, be sure to leave a comment and ask any questions. And I'm just going to go over uh, to the Facebook group now and see who has asked a question. And we'll try to answer those for you now. Um, so someone is asking... Hey Caroline, she's asking, how do you find a way to find your style and balance your work-life balance? Um, she says she has two kids and work and finds it to be really hard. So Lisa, you're also a mom. I can't speak to the having kids part of things, but um, how do you find a work-life balance and have your own style? Oh, I think, um, hmm, it is hard. Uh, in, for me, when it comes to working from home and my kids are three and and almost one um time is really limited um so i do have a lot of late nights or early mornings um where i'm just pumping out whatever i can um or nap time if that happens but um it really is i have had to think about okay what am i going to sacrifice to get this done and so it's kind of for me it's boiled down to i have to sacrifice some sleep to get some of the work um, finished, but that's not every night or every day. Um, hopefully this is helping uh, with the question, but style and aesthetic for me, I think it just came out the more I made. So allow yourself to sketch, 
as much as possible and make stuff. Even if you don't like it, just keep making stuff and keep designing and keep trying new color schemes. And um, and I never thought I had a style until I, until I put everything, like I was printing some stuff out and, and um, for my first craft fair. And I was like, oh, I, I have a lot of the same markings that I reuse. Um, and eventually I think it becomes innate. Um, and I guess my last thought is with aesthetic, like if you like something, um, that you do just keep doing it like second guess yourself like, like I really like the shade of blue a lot and I use it a lot I think that's okay um, I don't know does that make sense yeah totally and I actually did um, a whole YouTube video and started a 90-day challenge for people to try to find their own art style and <laughs> yeah, I have, um, I found myself in the same boat when I kind of dreamed about being a surface pattern designer for so long, but I'd always worked for a company. So it was like, okay, I had to do a style that was for Target or, you know, for someone more mass like Lowe's or Home Depot. And, you know, I had to do it in their style. So then when I quit my job and moved to Alabama, I was like, oh crap, like what is my style? Or, you know, what's my style? I don't know, but I'm going to Blueprint, so I better figure it out. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's just not, you know, about making a crap ton of work. And of course, I've been designing a long time, but it was just about narrowing down what I really like, right? Figuring out what represented me and my style. And, uh, you know, but again, you just have to experiment. Like you have to uh, just make a lot of art. And I think that a lot of people are hesitant to pull out their paintbrush or pull out their Wacom tablet because they're like, I don't even know what to do. But <laughs> it doesn't matter if you... Think about the artists that you admire the most. They didn't always have a style, okay? They developed it by continuing to make a lot of work. Also, uh, Caroline, if you're listening, then I, I would encourage you to watch the video on YouTube and sign up for the 90 day challenge. There are daily prompts for 90 days and I will find that 90 days is a great amount of time uh, to focus on what you're making. And it's totally okay if you miss a day because let's say as long as you're making 90 pieces of art or designs, if you make that amount of work for yourself, you're gonna start to see some consistency and similar mark making, and it's your color palette and so on. So then you'll be able to narrow down and say, okay, this is what I really like. I'm gonna keep doing that because it's yours and it's unique and it's awesome. Yeah. One more question from Neela left. And um, she says, I live in Chile, South America. Is it possible to work as a surface pattern designer from another country? What about um, as an online freelancer or do you need to go to the fairs? Um, what do you think? Uh, so what was the second half of the question? It kind of cut out when you said Oh, sorry. Um, she's asking about being a surface pattern designer because, but mainly trying to do it more from an online perspective because I think from being in Chile, it's probably just really hard to go to the trade shows that we're talking about. Hmm. I think, well, uh, the one thing I would say is just Google. Um, I Google every single question I have about uh, surface <laughs> design and I Google like who are um, worldwide designers, people who have stores worldwide. Um, Cause sometimes companies only work with people in the US maybe. Um, so you could mm -hmm. do that. Um, but what was I gonna say? Um, I think it's totally possible. Um, it just might take 
a little more hustle emailing um, and following up with emails. Um, but do you have thoughts? Yeah, definitely. So I think in terms of being an online freelancer, I think that's quite different from being a surface pattern designer where your name is going to end up on the product or, you know, like your brand name is going to be kind of owning the license. And I think if you're going to be an online freelancer, you can kind of just do more quantity of work and looking at corporate sites like Pattern Bank or uh, maybe Spoonflower. And I know artists that do that. I see them online and I think that you can make a decent living doing that. Now, is your objective just to design patterns for a living or is your objective to kind of get your name on products and get that royalty, uh, you know, more of a licensing deal? Because, you know, on a site like Pattern Bank, you're not necessarily working with buyers, but uh, they're kind of gonna have more of that like relationship when you're working with the buyers. So we go to trade shows or, you know, if you work uh, from home because, you know, on a site like Pattern Bank, you're not necessarily going to know the buyers or the manufacturers and the retailers, and you're not really getting a hand in the product development. Whereas with licensing deals, you're going to have more of a relationship with the buyers. And if you go to trade shows or, um, you know, so there are quite a bit of international people that do come to these trade shows. Um, I definitely met people from like Paris, France at Blueprint uh, and so on. So they made the investment to come. Uh, so I would hopefully, uh, if you're able to at some point or you know, sometimes you can get really cheap flights to New York. Um, New York is a great hub for these shows. Um, even though it is kind of expensive, you know, again, if you could partner up with another international designer and maybe share an Airbnb or maybe share a booth, um, that is one way to cut costs. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you plan ahead, you should be able to get a cheap flight to New York. So it really just depends on what your objective is. And if you want to be like an online freelancer, then there are so many sites to help you do that or if you want to be more of a surface pattern designer and license your work and earn royalties then i think it is a good idea to go to the trade shows so i mean you can do it um without doing that but otherwise you have to <laughs> email people and build up your instagram following and all of that <laughs> at least that's how i see it yeah um okay so we have another question from another lisa um, and she says, do you think a person should have their own domain for products or patterns in art? Uh, Lisa, do you want to answer? Mm, I don't, I don't know if I understand completely and their own domain for, for something other than por their portfolio or is this what, is that what? Um, I'm going to respond and ask what she means. I do. I guess while you do that, I will say, I do think it's important to have an online presence, uh, like a domain for um, yourself where you can send people to look at what you've created. Um, yeah, I, I'm guessing she means a domain like for a website. Um, and I just asked her that, but, um, I would agree. I think that, um, okay. She says, yes, your own portfolio. I would say yes. Um, at this point in time, I know that sometimes people sort of ask the question, is Instagram now like your portfolio? You know, because a lot of artists, I think, kind of use it that way. But most artists do also have their own website where you look more professional and it just having your own website makes you look more legit. And a lot of artists also use a private gallery um, on their website. So if you 
if you might have um, a portfolio of maybe older stuff or maybe some things that kind of represent the brand and give people a sampling and, I, and kind of an idea of what you do. Um, and other artists have, you know, the private gallery for buyers only because you don't want to get ripped off by other artists and you don't want another company to rip you off as well and to say to their own designers in-house, okay, just do a, a version of whatever this artist has done. So it's just, it's nice to have that protection in place. And I, I agree. I think um, the way I think about Instagram is for myself, it's more of kind of, this is what I'm working on. Um, these are my in-process shots I am creating. Um, I am experimenting. Um, but I don't really post a lot of my patterns on Instagram. Um, my portfolio is password protected and um, I just send people a password um, for the website, but, and that's where they kind of go see everything that's polished and everything's in its place. Um, but it took me a while to get there. Um, I don't <laughs> know about you, but I, it took me a while to get everything organized and kind of, um, to where I felt professional enough to send people my portfolio, but. Yeah, I think when I quit my job back in February and I basically had like three months to get my act together before going to Blueprint, I basically did nothing else. I mean, I just created and again, I had to find my own style. So I just, I created a crap load of patterns. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think yes, just before I actually went to Blueprint and I was able to upload everything to my website and do the password protected thing. But the hard thing um, is the upkeep. You know, every time you make new work and something is licensed, would you, I mean, would you take it down or do you just leave it and just tell people like, oh, sorry, like that one's taken. So I think the upkeep is just a little difficult. And um, I don't know, I know some people that I think just they'll like share a Dropbox folder or a Google Drive folder and maybe it's easier just, you know, drop a whole new collection in there and then like take things out as they've been licensed. I don't know. So I don't know. So you can do that a few different ways, but I do think that having a central place, you know, for buyers to kind of find you online is is good. I mean, if because if they go to your website, then you can also link them, you know, to whether it's your Instagram or your Pinterest or if you have a Facebook page. Uh, but yeah, sort of like a hub. It's sort of like the nucleus to tell people, yeah. you know, where to find you. And like in other places, um, like I have a Facebook group advertised on my website because I want other designers to be able to know about that. And uh, so I can talk about that on my website. And I have a shared group board on Pinterest. So if you're into, you know, wanting a way to share inspiration or get inspiration, um, other artists can connect and share their own inspirations as well. Um, so I have started to put some of my own patterns on Pinterest too, but I'm kind of playing with that and I've not put everything on there. But what I may do is only put the ones that I've uploaded to sites like Pattern Bank on Pinterest. And I do, uh, you know, like uh, I have the link, um, or have like the contact basically on the pin. So I think that kind of makes people hesitate too before they just, you know, rip you off. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you never know. I mean, you see artists on Instagram and their and in their stories, they talk about, you know, how some overseas companies uh, totally rip them off really bad. So I think it's, it's just, just kind of part, part of it. it. I think it yeah, really sucks. But, um, yeah. Okay, and so Lisa asks, what is the process to get there to find that central place inside? Um, Lisa, I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. Uh, 
Could you maybe explain a little bit further? What's the process to get there to find that central place inside? I don't know what she means for that. Uh, maybe like how do you actually pick what website to use or how do you actually pick a domain? Okay. Um, maybe. Maybe that's what she means. I'm not quite sure. Um, I yeah, I mean, you can you can talk about how you found your domain and your website. <laughs> well, I I chose Squarespace um, because I, I I also sell products, and so they have like an online shop, um, and it was user friendly, and they have um, you can do password protected pages, and um, I don't know, I it just seems like the easy, most user friendly to me, um, and their prices were cheaper, but. Or not cheaper, but reasonable, I guess. Um, Elisa says, you said you keep your art in a central place. Yeah, so I think that would be the password protected um, site page on your website. Um, and so when buyers come to and they want to view your art, you just give them the password because you know that they're a buyer and it's not just like online for anyone to see and be able to rip you off. You know that you're only working with people that or you're sharing your patterns with people that may actually buy it or do a licensing deal with you. Um, but in terms of a central place offline, I mean, I I use Google Drive. A lot of people use Dropbox as well. So that's another service that you can use. Um, but yeah, I use Squarespace as well. So I think that's one of the best uh, sites, uh, platforms to build a website. Um, a lot of people also use WordPress, but I, I don't like dealing with all the coding. I mean, I do a little bit of coding on. Yeah. Um, and then other people use Shopify, but I think that's more for like selling physical products or I don't know, maybe digital products. Yeah. yeah. I'm not as familiar with Shopify, yeah. but I think that's a good one as well. But yeah, I would highly recommend Squarespace. I'm old school. I use a, um, for all my files, I still use an external hard drive and then I, I use, uh, uh, yeah, I, I do that too. Okay, Google Drive and yeah, I kind of like dump them in all sorts of places. My three-year-old has found a way to delete files and so I, <laughs> I have to keep them like uh, hidden and protected anyway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a different, a different video blog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Lisa says, okay, Squarespace is kind of what I was referring to. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm glad that makes sense for you guys. Um, let us know if you have any other questions and I'll try to answer them um, later on. If you're watching this at a later date, I'll try to be in the comments and respond to you guys. Um, Lisa, do you have any other kind of final thoughts on, you know, Blueprint versus Surtex? Um, you know, I... Honestly, I just think go with your gut. If it's something you want to do, um, I honestly don't think you can lose by trying. Um, and don't put a ton of pressure on yourself and um, do as much research as you can. And we're pretty much all in the same boat. Everybody was, everyone had to learn at some point and everybody was the newbie and everybody um, felt a little lost. And so just keep, researching and and go for it exactly well lisa thank you so much for coming on today i loved having you it was good to see you again i know well good luck with your agent oh thank you and yeah keep in touch and i'm sure we'll do another video maybe next year yeah It'd be great 
Cool. Okay. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.